Welcome back to another episode of Inside the ACC. I am Joe DeLeon, and joining me is former Florida State and Tennessee coach Jay Graham. We're going to be talking about the best players in the ACC and a little bit more on today's episode. Jay, I want to start us off here. I want to let you kick this off. We're, we're going to be talking about four players, maybe five, that we really like in the ACC that have been dominant so far, uh, way past the halfway point. Who's the first guy that you've been really excited with? I'm going to go right now, you know, cause, now I'm a Duke fan now, okay? But I'm going to hit with North Carolina quarterback Drake May. Baller. Baller. He can hit all the plays. He can hit all the throws. He's even got a little wiggle when he, when he, when he takes off in open field, you know? But you can't find many quarterbacks. Like, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country. You know, he can throw every single ball. You know, he manages, uh, you know, fast-paced offense. You know, you know, great young man, smart, gets after it, you know, physical, and can also, you know, just make the big play. You know, that's the big thing. Can he throw the explosive play? You know, can he throw the deep shots? And he does it very well. I have been so impressed with Drake May. Coming into the season, you knew that who, what he was physically. And there were these rumors that – Maybe he transfers, maybe he goes to an SEC program and, you know, Alabama was kind of knocking on the door and he sticks around at UNC. They, they could have done so much more this year. You know, they, they really could have been a team that, that was in that conversation with Florida State as the top two teams in the conference and maybe go on to compete for, uh, for a conference title. But outside of maybe some of their team woes, he has really elevated that offense to an elite level. I don't think it's, a, it's really a hot take at all to say he is – 1B to Caleb Williams is 1A in the 2024 NFL draft. And what, what makes him so good, Jay, is just the the way that he delivers the ball with pace. He can fit the ball into really tight windows. And I, I like guys that aren't afraid to take shots. He, he's an aggressive player. And the way that he sets his guys up to succeed is just it's at a phenomenal level. He, he is going to be a fantastic player in the NFL. What is it? I mean, when when I think of it as a coach, and we're football guys, you go, okay, first thing you want to get is a quarterback, right? You want to get a center. They got those things. Okay, you want to get a great receiver. They got those things, right? You want to get a defensive line. Got those. You got everything at North Carolina. What is, what, what is it? They got the coach. Mac Brown been doing it forever, right? They got everything, okay? So why aren't they, they, or aren't they undefeated, right? How do they lose it to – to uh, Virginia, right? How does that happen? You know, I don't know. You know, I don't understand. I went back and watched again. I, I can't even tell you. You know, it's just mistakes. <laughs> it's just things that shouldn't happen. You know. So you know, I agree with you. You know, I mean, Drake makes a guy. When you get a quarterback like that, you should be playing for a national championship. Sorry, Mac. I don't want him. You know, I'm not trying to. I can't get the answer there. Right there is it, it. It shows you to playing together as a team. Right. It ain't about your one, two, and three, and four best players. Right. It's your, your top team, you know, special teams, offense, defense, everybody playing together because they make plays, but they don't make them at the same time. Mm. You know, they don't make plays all at the same time. The defense, offense has a play that's off. Defense doesn't show up and make plays. They don't make them, at, you know, in conjunction with each other to make, you know, make a championship team. That's the thing that I see. The the craziest part about it is it's, it's not even like last year where their defense was just bad. Uh, this year right. they they've had a couple of games, especially that that South Carolina game where they just they exploded. They produced a ton of sacks and they took advantage of a a very bad South Carolina offensive mm -hmm. line. That stuff's on film. We know that they're capable of doing it and they just haven't done it. I always believe that when your team falters against lower level opponents or teams that you should be beating uh, the way that they did, and they looked a little flat at times in that game when they needed to step up to the plate. I, I, I 
kind of chalk that up to lack of preparation during the week, maybe a lack of intensity in practice. You, you can tell on the field when a team's distracted and they're, they're overlooking an opponent or, again, just don't seemingly aren't, aren't as prepared as they would be if they were playing Florida State. That, that to me, is the big thing. And I'm, I, don't, I know that Mac Brown is a great coach and I give him a ton of respect, but you have to point it at that. It's the only thing that makes sense for me. Mm, that's big. I mean, but when you got all, uh, defensive linemen, okay, they made plays in the game against uh, South Carolina, but guess what? They ran upfield and made plays, right? So yeah. when you run upfield and make a plays against Virginia and the quarterback's running up the middle of the field, right, it's because your rush lanes. Your rush lanes requires discipline, right? Discipline requires controlling of your athletic ability, which if you think you make plays because of your athletic ability, you're not going to understand that you got to control and stay in your gap. You know, that's like playing together and playing team football, you know? And sometimes that NFL prospect guy, that's the toughest guy to coach, you know? Because he's going to be like, I can do it regardless of what you say, you know? Hey, I need you to cut like this. I need you to do this. Oh, I'll, I'll do it. But I'll do it my way. You know, and I think that happens, you know? When you get a bunch of great defensive linemen, you got linebackers that can run all days, all day, but they can make plays. But can they control themselves in zone coverage and, and see a guy cross and let him go? Let him go and go to the next guy. Because what I'm hearing is it's a discipline thing. If you don't allow them to make plays, they get bored. And they mm -hmm. give up the routine plays and they make the hard ones. And that's what I, you know, that's what you see with that North Carolina team. Now, my next one, Joe, I'm going to give you my next guy right okay. here. It's we on the it. same team. It's a Marion Hampton. They get, not, not only do they have the best quarterback, they got the best running back. One of the best running backs in the country. 175 carries, over 1,000 yards rushing, over 6.5 yards of carry. Marion Hampton from Cleveland High School in North Carolina. I remember seeing him. He, you know, he at one time he was like, man, I think I'm going to LSU. He didn't go to LSU. He stayed home. And, and not in Cleveland, Ohio. He's Cleveland, North Carolina. You got to go to Cleveland <laughs> High School in North Carolina. But young man can fly. Strong, powerful young man. Great change of direction. He breaks tackles. So you defense coordinator, you draw your little defense up. You say the linebacker's going to shed on this blitz. He's going to be standing right in front of him. And all those things happen, and then they run into Amarion. And he's old stem winder. He's going to run right through that linebacker's uh, shoulder, break the tackle, and run for 50 yards. That's the kind of guy he is. He's a throwback. He's a throwback guy with, 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 with uh, unbelievable – catching ability and everything else that they do these days. But he still can line up back there and say, you know I'm running the ball. I know I'm running the ball. Now stop me. Now they got a running back like that, and they got a quarterback like that. That's that's the head scratcher, right, when we're talking about things. Right, why they still can't succeed. Now I, I like that pick at Hampton because it, North Carolina's actually had a, a good track record of developing these running backs and putting them – out to the NFL. We look at a couple of years ago, Michael Carter, Javante Williams right. have had, had impacts in the NFL and were, were very highly sought after prospects. I, I like that pick of Hampton, and I think that Hampton maybe was a little slow to get started. He, he didn't have mm -hmm. like a crazy big jump into the season, but in the games right. where they've won and they've needed to step up to the plate, I, I point to his performance against Miami was pretty strong. I, I've loved what I've seen from Hampton, so that's another, another great pick. I want to shed some light on, on two Florida State players that I think that need to be discussed that have been so important for their success so far this season. The first one's Keon Coleman. I broke him down over the offseason as a draft prospect, and, and I was enamored. I was in love. He, for me, is right behind Marvin Harrison Jr. because physically at his mm -hmm. size, he should not be able to redirect and contort his body the way that he does. It's six foot four, 225, 230. 
he moves so well. And he kind of reminds me of Drake May for being um, a, a dominant player that can win in those jump ball situations. But again, still a really good route runner, creates separation, can beat you over the top. He is one of the few players in college football that we could sit here and say is a complete player. He can do almost every single uh, linear that you're looking for for a receiver to do. He's not a guy that's just purely a big body and jump ball or purely a, a speed threat. He does a lot of things at a really high level. And him being fully healthy and on the field for their final stretch of the season is going to be so important for them to get in striking distance of a national championship. You know, the thing I noticed about that guy is his range. You know, he can run all these routes, but when you throw a ball, and then that, and this was this is what you get right here. Jordan throws the ball. He can back shoulder catch the thing. He can catch it in the front. He can catch low balls. He can catch he can catch one handed. He can do it all. You know, and when you that you're that big and you have range, okay, the 50-50 balls become 80-20 balls. You know what I mean? And that changes the game, you know. And his route running ability, I agree with you, Joe. Like, he, he he can run the comebacks. He can run that speed out. He can run the stuttering goes. He can run the double move man-to-man routes. Those are the things that you want to see in the NFL. He is an unbelievable NFL prospect. He's a first-day guy. He's a go-to-the-show with your suit and, your, and your, you know, your girlfriend and, and your mama. You know, you go sit in the green room and all that kind of stuff kind of guy. You know, that's what he is. You know, and when you have that guy, you know, your quarterback can kind of put it in the general area right and he can come down with the ball and it changes your coverage which which helps everything else so he is a game changing guy probably the top in the ACC you know and probably the top in the country you know we mm-hmm. talk about those things so you know i i agree with you in every way him and marvin harrison junior are the two guys that you know when you start talking about who you're going to draft you know that's the first couple names that come up now, we obviously have to talk about the guy who's throwing him the football because he is no slouch. Jordan Travis, I, I'm actually surprised that he hasn't been discussed more in this Heisman conversation in a year where I think it's even more up for debate than we've ever really seen. Because Jane Daniels, statistically, was was the guy leading it, but it's hard to make that argument for a guy that is on a team that has three losses and might end up having four. We, we don't know what LSU's going to finish with. You, you have to go with somebody, in my opinion, one of the best players on the best team in the country, I think, is what the award always ends up going to. And Jordan Travis this year has been pretty good. 64% completion percentage, almost 2,500 passing yards up until this point, 19 touchdowns. and touchdowns. So statistically, he's getting up there with those big-name guys like Michael Penix, like Jaden Daniels. What have you seen from Jordan Travis and what makes him so good for this Florida State team? What makes him so good? Um, his team loves him, right? He can make every throw. There ain't no doubt about it. The way he throws the ball, he can throw from different arm slots to me, I think is is key, right? Um, I don't know that he's a was a baseball player, but he could just throw the ball, right? Yeah. Naturally. You know, I, th- I don't know if you line him up with all the best quarterbacks in the country, it's gonna be like, whoa. You know, I don't know that, but I know he can throw the ball from under duress better than most people, you know, better than pretty much anybody in the country other than Caleb Williams, you know. I mean, as soon as he gets set, ball's out, ball's out. I mean, he can throw any route, you know, he can throw the whole route tree, you know, and he can get the ball out, you know, he can run, you know, he's just, he's a baller, you know, and I think that's, I think that's something that's very important for us to understand, you know, and at that quarterback position, you have to be, 
you know, to run that offense that they're running. They're multiple on offense. You know, they got a lot of great players, but he makes great players better, you know. And now the question is, is he a great player? You know, I think he is a great quarterback. Physically, I wouldn't – I don't know that I say that when I standing right beside him and watching it with my own eyes. I see the throws. He can make the throws. You know, everything he does is like, you know, it's nothing phenomenal he does, but he does it so consistently well. Mm. He does it consistently well. Now, I'm not saying he's not a first-round pick. He is a first-round pick. I believe that. You know, I'm not saying, you know, he's not a guy that can go on, you know, to the NFL and have a great career. Well, if you're first-round pick, you know, I think you can do those things, you know. I don't know that he will be because I think he'll go to the combine and people will go, well, this guy, Michael Pennis, can throw. You know what I mean? But then you find out in the NFL, you find out in the NFL, these guys, right, Jordan Travis's of the world are starting at quarterback and their teams are doing well. So, you know, it's just one of those things where you wish the combine people would notice what really happens. And I know, you know, I'm not a, you know, I'm not a, you know, general manager in the NFL. I'm sure they got ways of doing things, you know. I'm sure they know more more than I do about things. But I'm saying, you know, you look at a guy and say, he's going to be a great player, you know. You know, in the NFL, he's a great player right now. You know, I think the thing you see with Jordan is 64% completion. Why is it 64% completion, right? I think that's what you find out. If it's some of the outbreaking routes, everything's good except the guy ran the perfect route, the DB perfect, you know, covered it perfect, and we need the ball in there right now, right? I think sometimes it's a timing thing because guys who create, you know, can you just set your feet, boom, right now, get it out. I know he can make the throws, right? But can, you know what I'm saying, when everything's perfect, right? That's when, you know, that's when the guys that Michael Pendens gets and the, and the guys who can, boom, right now that ball's there as soon as he come out of the break, boom, hit him in the chest, right? That's when the, um, you know, the velocity and the type of ball you're throwing, all those things come into, fact, come into play. Yeah, the decisiveness really stands out. And I think his numbers would be even better if if he wasn't having to deal with so many injuries at the receiver position. He mm. he might be up in there in that category right. of, of crazy numbers of Michael Penix and and Jaden Daniels, I think you bring up a really interesting point where he's going to go to the combine. He and Jaden Daniels, I think, are going to suffer from this that be, because of their frames. They're, they're right. very thin football players, which is very it, – it's scary for any NFL team to invest in it. We just saw um, uh, uh, Bryce Young get picked apart for his frame last year. He still ends up going first overall because if his performance on the field was spectacular – but for a guy that's going to be a little bit later on in the conversation behind Drake May, behind uh, Caleb Williams, his frame is going to get dissected. Same thing with Jane Daniels, especially when you look at Jane Daniels as a really good example who has gotten hurt. He has gotten knocked out of games because he plays so aggressively but does not have the, the build to sustain it. And any NFL team is going to get scared of that because they don't want to draft somebody that is only available for half the season. They want somebody at the quarterback position that's going to be there for the next – 10, 15 years plus. I will say that I think that Jordan Travis is somebody who benefits significantly from the senior ball. I think that if, if he goes, mm. he needs to play, he needs to go out there, show that he's a good leader, kill it in all the interviews, and then just play really good in practice. I, I've been to the senior bowl two years in a row now, and I've watched mm -hmm. some pretty shoddy quarterback play. Right. If you're, if you're just consistent, 
you'll stand out above the rest. It's going to be hard yes. this year because there's going to be a lot of guys, but that senior bowl, I think, for him is going to be big, and he could end up being a late first-rounder when it's all said and done because of it. Yes, and you know what? I'm going to bring up one point. You know the difference between Jaden Daniels and Jordan? What? He would have turned his shoulder and wouldn't got hit like that. I'm going to be honest. Good you know, I, he would have turned his shoulder. Yeah. If you watch him play, it's actually like, you know, like a – you know, you know those guys like Doug Flutie. You know, Doug Flutie was big. You know, I remember playing against him. And Doug, Doug's not a big guy. You know, you see him at first, you're like, man, he's like five nine. You know, five eight. You're like, just get, who's the little, the little, uh, little league kid, out, kid out there with the rest of the NFL players? But he take off and running and start doing those little things. You know, I'm not saying he runs like Doug Flutie, but Jordan has that craftiness. Doug Flutie run backwards, and then he throw a slant running backwards. You know, and you're like, how did he do that? You know, I see Jordan making those plays. It's like, how did he throw that? You know, you just don't – you can't tell when he's letting the ball go. He kind of throws and slips with his shoulder. You know, and I see Jaden Dangs. He just stepped into the throw like he's 6'4", 220, you know, and the ball, and he's got the perfect C when he lets the ball go, but then he gets hit right in the chest. You're not big enough, you know, and your target is in your face where a 6'4 quarterback, it might be in, you know, his chest a little bit more. So you understand what I'm saying. He's, yes, uh, Jordan's yeah. a whole lot craftier, I think. Right. You know, I think he's a whole lot craftier. Yeah, no, the Jaden Daniels, that's my biggest knock on him has been that inability to know how to protect himself. That's that's a right. trait that nobody even, even really talks about. Uh, last thing that I want to just hit on in other ACC news before we, we wrap up, in the, the field hockey world, we have a pretty historic accomplishment. A 23-year-old coach, Aaron Matson, who is – formerly one of the greatest players in program history in field hockey history has been the head coach of this team and is leading them to an ACC title is leading them to potentially uh, another national title at UNC. I just want to talk from, from your perspective, being a coach, how freaking hard is that for a 23 year old to command a locker room and get them to this point? Like that is, that is nuts. And that deserves a little bit of recognition here. Can you imagine being 23 years old? And these are your team – used to be your teammates last year, and then you're like, come on, guys, I'm the head coach, right? I'm the head coach. And then be compared by her former coach, right, as a Michael Jordan, right, of field hockey at 23 years old? You know? This, I mean, the sky's the limit for, 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 for what she's done. Coach Matson. I mean, hats off to you. I mean, and I'm sure she was the leader in the locker room. Unbelievable career. First off, right? But to do that transit, it's so hard, you know, yeah. to be a coach as it is, but to turn around at 23 years old. I wouldn't, I, I would say this other teams watching this, don't try this. <laughs> don't, this one of those things, don't try to do this. Don't think you're going to find your next coaches. You know, you got to groom. She is ready, and that's an anomaly right there. Yeah. You know, and that's, and yeah. that's, a, that's a Hall of Fame head coach that resigned understanding right the winning is coaching division one history understanding that this player right here is the next great coach i mean you got to get half all of those factors in place but you don't if you're trying this somewhere else right so don't try that at home don't try that at the next school please okay that is uh to close this out here that is not what i was expecting you to say but i that is so true because you know what there's going to be some other school that's going to be like we haven't thought about oh, yeah. doing that maybe we should try doing that <laughs> What is who's the most best senior that we had last year? No, it doesn't work like that. That is no. an anomaly. It's just like yeah. when we, we try to go around and hire all these thirty-year-old offensive coordinators as head coaches in the NFL, right. and it doesn't it doesn't work. We gotta no. 
it is an anomaly and a, and a huge shout out to to what what she has accomplished at UNC. Folks, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with more. Enjoy the rest of your week.